everyone, Dr. Axe here. Welcome to the show. This week we have Dr. Taz Bhatia. She is a medical doctor, board certified in internal medicine and in pediatrics. She's an expert in women's health and men's health and a lot more. Also, she's the founder and CEO of Center Springs Medicine in Atlanta, Georgia. And today we're going to be talking about everything from Chinese medicine to men's health, to women's health, to pregnancy and a whole lot more. Dr. Taz, welcome to the show. Thank you, Josh. Thank you for having me. Well, cool. I know you and I've connected before. I know we had a great call a few weeks ago and I was just so impressed as I went through your website, as I watched many of the interviews you've done over the years, everything to, uh, you know, I know Dr. Oz and more. And I was just so impressed with your knowledge and really your understanding of both Western, but also Eastern medicine, as we talked about Chinese medicine and Ayurveda and so many things. And so I'm excited to dive into all that. One of the first questions though I had for you is, you know, when I look at your background, what sort of led you into more of this uh, integrative and functional medicine approach? Definitely. And I just want to clarify one thing, because I don't ever want to yeah. oversell myself. I'm not board certified in internal medicine. I'm board certified in integrative medicine and pediatrics okay. for sure. But just to put that out there, but, um, you know, it's been interesting. So I come from a very varied background. My mom is, you know, my parents are Indian and my mom was always a little bit more leaning towards natural things growing up, like, Hey, put this mask on your face for your acne or use this hair mask. You know, she's always making stuff in the kitchen and doing stuff. Of course I rebelled against all of that because that's what you do as a kid and thought it was all ridiculous until I had my own health journey. And so the whole process of going through college and medical school and then residency, and then finally taking my first job in the emergency room, you know, didn't really know how to take care of myself. Unfortunately, we're not really educated on how to eat or take care of ourselves. And of course, I was running a pretty high, high stress, pretty intense lifestyle where I was over exercising, overworking, not sleeping. And then it was the fat free time. So I thought that like diet Coke and popcorn was a really healthy dinner, you know, so all of that eventually caught up to me and I just started getting sick. And at first I ignored it and pretended like it wasn't happening. And pretty soon you couldn't ignore it. And other people started to notice it as well. And even my patients in the ER, they're looking at me like, okay, Hey, you picked up some weight or, Oh my gosh, you know, you're losing hair and people just making these like very comments here and there. And there's a lot of shame and guilt. I think that I walked around with until I think it took like my mom and my husband now kind of shaking me and being like, we think something's wrong. I think you need to go get checked out. And so that journey of getting checked out was really disappointing. I mean, I went to so many doctors trying to get answers. It was sort of like, they didn't know what was going on or they said, well, you're just stressed, which I was, you know, or it was, well, your hormones are off. So take the birth control pill. And then finally this last doctor or the last doctor that I saw in this journey was like, well, take this medication. If you don't take it, you're going to be bald in the next couple of years and didn't. And again, it's my fault too, because I didn't take time to understand what I was taking, but didn't really explain, you know, the side effects of the medication, what would happen kind of where I was walking into this, his exam room. And I have a history of really low blood pressure, low iron levels. And this medication drops both of those things even further. So I took it, went and worked out and like passed out at the wheel, essentially right after that workout and, and crashed my car and could have hurt myself, could have hurt somebody else. So I think this is now months, right? Multiple doctor's visits, you know, just this getting kind of the door shut in your face over and over again, not getting answers, feeling hopeless. And I was like, it sort of shook me. I was like, I've got to figure this out. I can't just keep assuming 
you know, that everybody else has the answer for me. I've got to figure this out. So I think there was like a weekend course. It was sponsored by the American Holistic Medical Association back then. And it was a weekend course on holistic medicine that, and I was like digging and trying to, trying to figure out what to do. And I was like, Hmm, maybe I'll go to this. And literally the whole world opened up. I'm like, what? Like all the stuff about food, all the stuff about your gut, all the stuff about, you know, nutrients and all things we hadn't even touched in medical school. So it was life-changing. And from there, I just wanted more and more. And I became certified in acupuncture. I went to San Francisco and studied Chinese medicine and came back and then really wanted to do the fellowship with Dr. Andy Weil. So I did that. I think I started that in 06 and finished it in 08, but finished that fellowship where you really learn how to put the pieces together. You learn more about integrative medicine, went back to my roots and learned more about Ayurveda and what my mom had been talking about all those years ago, which sounded like mumbo jumbo. And it really became more about me trying to heal myself, but in the process of healing myself, all these people, like my nurses, my friends, all these people like, what what are you doing? I want to know, well, what would you do for this? Or what would you do for that? So finally, you know, years are going by my husband, you know, is ready to start his practice. He's a dentist. And he's like, why don't you just start? Like, why don't you, so many people are asking for your help. You don't need to worry about overhead. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Just work out at the back of my dentist's office see a couple of patients a day, you can still work in the ER, and at least you're using your knowledge. Well, that's how it all began and kind of blew up in my face where this hunger, this hopelessness, this desire for answers was just not my story. It was really everyone's story and got super busy, super fast, and it became a mission. And so that's where I've landed today and the practice has grown. We have two locations. We have about 10 providers that work for us and, you know, continue to want to spread this message and make sure people are getting the care that they deserve and asking the questions that they deserve to ask, but actually getting some answers. So it's really something I feel like I'm supposed to do now. So that's sort of a long answer to your question of how, how this all began and what happened there. Well, I love the backstory. And I think it's so powerful when you have someone like yourself who uh, battles uh, health problems, and then you yourself become victorious over. It. And I think when you experience going through something and you learn all the details of how to beat it yourself, you are really can be more effective than any other physician in terms of treating that same condition or same family of conditions that you beat yourself. So anyways, I know that myself, uh, I've helped family overcome conditions, but also I've battled things myself in the past. Mm -hmm. And that's really what led me to Chinese medicine as I had leaky gut syndrome and digestive issues. And then I started eating and learning these ways of emotional, like, you know, recharging, you know, and stop overworking and start using food as medicine. And it was a powerful thing for me as well. You know, one of the things I love that you uh, practice as I do is personalization, right? Mm-hmm. I think you and I both know what is the future of medicine. If you and I were both asked that, one of the answers I think from both of us would be personalization, yes. customization, and part of this is going back to the past, right? Chinese Absolutely. medicine has the five elements. Ayurveda mm-hmm. has the doshas, and you do this so well on your site. As you have your, uh, you you have uh, customization for women and women power types. You have the same yeah. thing for men. You treat kids and women with pregnancy, all different ways, all custom. Can you go through specifically some of those demographics? Let's start off with women. What are the women power types and what are some of the foods and supplements and things in particularly you think are important for women today? Yeah. And I think you pretty much nailed it because, uh, now that I'm, you know, we're both trained in Chinese medicine, trained in Ayurveda, and you understand nutrition, you work with hormones, you start to see the labs and you also understand the Eastern kind of wisdom. 
and you see how it all marries together. And so there was just this aha moment in the practice where like the same dosha, the same Chinese medicine element or type was having the exact same nutritional, you know, issues, the exact same hormone imbalances, and they were kind of wired the same, right? So once like that hit me, I started to write these things out and like literally kept a spreadsheet and was tracking. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's something here. You can, you know, customize to a point, but ultimately everybody has their individual individual story, which I think needs to be heard. But how powerful would it be if you could get people at least started? So that was the whole idea behind the power type theory, where if we merged all these different things, you know, different elements of medicine together, Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, nutrition, hormones, personality, even our Western medicine diagnostics, if we merged all that together, then would we be able to at least begin a roadmap or a journey for everyone? And the answer was yes. So with the women, I wanted to have fun with it and catch everyone's attention. So the names are, you know, kind of tongue in cheek a little bit, but you know, there was the gypsy girl that was sort of the dreamer and kind of off in this, uh, you know, different space. And those are women that typically are more Vata in nature, right? That more wind energy. So they're not super grounded in their body and they're prone to anxiety. They're prone to focus issues. They're my night owls. They want to stay up all night creating, but all of that creates certain deficiencies and certain hormonal imbalances. So they had a lot of adrenal issues. That was kind of one of their biggest issues. So they needed a lot of B vitamins, a lot of fat, a lot of protein to stay kind of within their power and using the gifts and the passions that kind of had been bestowed on them. On the other hand, what I really found interesting, because when we did these power types and we threw it out there, this is the dominant type. It's the boss lady. And the boss lady is kind of that go-getter. And, and, and uh, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to say it, the majority of women are falling into this particular type where they've got way too much to do. They have these huge lists. They're trying to check these lists off. I'm right in there with them every single day. They're juggling like crazy, but they're usually pitta dominant, right? Which is that Ayurvedic dosha where you hold all the stress kind of right here in your gut. The liver meridian was often the meridian that was the most imbalanced in them. So they in turn had a lot of hormone imbalances. They had issues with their thyroid, they had estrogen dominance, they had a lot of gut issues. So when I was thinking through and treatment planning them in the practice, it was like, well, let's start with the gut. Let's rebuild their gut. Cause that is like their most vulnerable point. And as we re whereas it was the adrenals for the gypsy lady. And as we rebuild the gut, we can kind of see the hormones start to shift and start to get back into balance. And that's, can, can, can you touch on this point? Cause I think this is yeah. so important just for everybody to understand. Yeah. You mentioned one of the primary areas is the liver. And then you went on to touch on hormones, all these other things. I think a lot of people, when they hear the liver, they think, oh, that's for detox. That kind of does right. other things. But you mentioned hormones and all these other things. So talk about talk about that for a second. So that's from our Chinese medicine ancestors, right? Like they talked so much about, in fact, they healed me. I remember them looking at me back when I was having my issues uh, out in San Francisco and they're like, oh, you have very bad chi, very bad, bad liver. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, what are you talking about? But anyhow, the liver for Chinese medicine is ground zero for hormones and hormone balance, right? They believe that if the liver is not moving smoothly, if you're not running things through it effectively, it literally congeals. They have this 
image of like liver blood stasis is what they talked about where everything just sort of congealed into like almost like a mass. And that in turn would create all these different hormonal conditions, which we see in practice. And I'm sure you do too, everything from fibroids to endometriosis, PCOS, all these different things. So it's not a, it's not a Western concept, right? And in Western conventional medicine, it's like the hormones are the hormones, the liver lives over here, the guts over there, but in Chinese medicine in particular, and even in Ayurveda, the gut liver hormone triangle, you know, that triangle is one that you have to balance or you're not going to have success all the way around. So the liver plays a huge role in hormone balance. Now, if we just want to pull the liver out right now, we know the liver just from a science standpoint is responsible for insulin production, right? So that's why so many women as they go into perimenopause and menopause have fatty liver or have issues with liver congestion because the entire production of insulin and blood sugar regulation is disrupted by this liver that is overburdened and the overburdening. And again, stop me at some point because I could keep going, but the overburdening is multiple things, right? It's the food we eat. It's the toxins in our environment. So that's where the detox component comes into play, but it's also our emotional well-being, right? So if we're carrying around a lot of anger or a lot of resentment that's stored in the liver and the liver then in turn can't do its job. So the beauty of these Eastern systems of medicine and you know, the translation of it can be so challenging when you're, when you're trying to explain it to a patient or trying to help them grasp this concept is that it's not just one thing. It's your emotional sort of stressors and strains and your makeup. It is your physicality, the things you're putting in your body. It's your environment, what you're exposed to. To, and how all of those mix together to really make a healthy or an unhealthy liver. And that in turn influences your hormones. So when we slap a birth control pill on somebody without thinking about the liver, or we do bio, even bioidentical hormone replacement on someone without thinking about the liver or the gut, we're really doing sometimes more harm than good because that hormone is not going to be used in the right way until you tackle these other two pieces of the triangle. So yeah, that liver gut piece from, for me is huge, right? Like in trying to explain that is huge. And so many people will come into the practice and they'll be like, well, I'm here for hormone replacement. I'm like, okay, but you've got this, this, and this, and this. So we're not ready for hormone replacement right now. So anyhow, not to, not to oh, get too off in the woods there on the liver, but that's sort of my, my thinking around that. Well, a couple of things that's interesting. Now you mentioned blood stasis and this is yeah. something. So one of my best friends, he is a Chinese medicine practitioner. He was actually originally, he was born in Israel and in the Israeli military, went and studied under a Chinese medicine, uh, expert. And I, I really think he's the, you know, to me, the, one of the best, if not the best acupuncturist in the world, the guy's incredible. He, so I'll yeah. give you an example of some things like when my wife, Chelsea was two weeks before a pregnancy test would show she was pregnant. He knew she was pregnant. Like he is mm -hmm. like just from yeah. feeling her pulse. And so he yeah. is very intuitive. He mentioned, you know, the main, he has seen now, you know, hundreds of patients with COVID. And he said, one of the things he's seeing when somebody has that is blood stasis. So he mm -hmm. said, it's really important if somebody has that to, you know, really work on the blood. So, you know, he recommends things like, you know, whether it be astragalus or hawthorn, apple cider vinegar, turmeric, warming spices, things to help really move and support circulation. So anyways, I, it's connected. The liver is connected to so many things. You know, when I was having my digestive issue, now this was 10 years ago when I first met him, but I, um, you know, it's the pattern they call it. Your liver is invading your spleen Yes, was, uh -huh. was, was what I had. And uh -huh. it was from not turning it off. I just, you know, my mind was strategizing, Absolutely. planning, thinking, and mm -hmm. that, and I think a lot of times this is why I love what you do is 
it's all about root cause medicine. It's root cause nutrition. What is the emotional root? What is the dietary root causing those issues? And sometimes people think, oh, I've got a hormone issue. It's, it's genetic or it's because of something, but sometimes it can be caused from, like you're saying, it can be caused from toxicity, could be caused from emotion, all kinds of different things. Very much. And I think, and that's a, that's a myth we should dispel too, right? Oh, it's in my family. It's genetic. Uh, there's nothing I can do about it. I feel like there's this sort of sentence that's handed to people. In fact, people tell me they don't want to do genetic testing because they don't want to know because they feel like it's a sentence. But here's the thing, like genetics just educate us about chemistry and all chemistry can be changed. So it's just one more tool to mm. understand how your body's functioning. And it's not the end all and the be all. And really it takes something to turn a gene on. It takes something to activate it. So what I, you know, tying all this back together, you know, you can, totally sail through life when you're kind of in the right emotional space, you're kind of eating well, your life is in, in balance. You can sail through life and no, none of these sort of harmful genes will ever turn on or, or create problems for you, but that's not life, right? Like we all have ups and downs. We all have things that we celebrate and things that really bring us to our knees. So, you know, I have seen over and over again where, and again, going back to women, but this is true of men as well, but you know, they've gone through a divorce or they've gone through some major trauma in their life. And that grief is so deep, right? It's not even the type you can touch. It's like so deep, so beneath the surface, so embedded in their cells that sure enough, I can almost clock it. I never tell anybody this, you know, but I can almost clock it that, you know, somewhere 18 months later, something will show up. And oftentimes for women, that liver meridian, it runs right through the breast. So, so many cases that I've seen of breast cancer, fibrocystic breast, you know, breast lumps, all this other stuff that, that are coming up in the breast, you can tie back to these major life events that have happened where someone's really struggled to heal, understandably so. So again, what do we do? I think the more we're educated about it, the more we understand the connections, we'll it's kind of putting that plan into place. Like, I don't think anyone can ever soften the blows for us, but they can, we can at least sort of have a game plan. Like I know what's happening right now. I know what my body is doing. These are the things I'm going to do to try to heal or to at least soften some of the damage that's being done in this particular time frame. So I'm pretty passionate about that. Like trying to show people like where they may get into trouble because of how their emotions are sort of working or working for them or working against them. And it's true for children too. You know, I mean, I think it spans all of us. Like when we can identify some of these behaviors, then we can also understand the physical chemistry so much better. That's not for me. That's from Chinese medicine. You know, the spleen meridian, you talked about the emotion associated with that is worry, right? So constantly replaying stuff over and over again with the liver, it's anger, right? With the kidney, it's fear. So they had already mapped all this out for us. We just need to use it more in the exam rooms. Yeah, it's incredible. I want to touch on one other piece. I just think it's fascinating for everybody to just think about this is that if somebody does have an issue with their breast, let's say breast cancer, if it's on the left side versus the right side matters, right? We know one side is connected to your overgiving, overnourishing, not yes. taking care of yourself. And the other side is not being in touch with your feminine side and certain emotions and characteristics. So it is just, I mean, the thing that's, it's just so incredible to know be able to know when somebody works with someone like yourself is knowing, Hey, I'm actually going to get to the root cause here. Can you give a few tips for women? Let's talk about a few conditions. Yeah. You talked about, uh, I love the term, the boss ladies out yeah. there. And there's yeah. a lot of them listening now, right now you're the go-getter, you're the type A, you're a super mom and you're soup. So you're doing all this stuff. What are some of the top 
emotional things they got to consider. What are some of the top foods and supplements or herbal that, that, that people should consider uh, in you know nourishing themselves with? I love that question. So first of all, here's the biggest problem with the boss lady. There are no boundaries when it comes to work and getting things mm. done. So I would say the first thing that needs to happen is they need to pull that calendar out. I do this too, by the way, this is something I try to live by, but pull the calendar out. And before your week starts or whatever starts for you, you plug in your self-care. So whether that's the Sunday yoga class or the Friday night, you know, date night or whatever it is, it's already plugged in before any anything else can get onto that calendar because the way we are wired, it's like, there's always something to do. There's always another goal to accomplish. So, you know, why take care of yourself? So it almost has to be forced. And the other problem with the boss lady is that busy mind. Somebody else has to shut it down to tell a boss lady, well, go meditate, you know, go, go sit over there and meditate for 10 minutes is, is like, death. It's like, it's a curse. I remember when I first started med trying to meditate, I was sitting there and I'm like listening to an app or listening to maybe Deepak Chopra or somebody and literally 30 seconds went by and I was ready to move on to whatever. So, so I think in the beginning, scheduling your self-care is critical. I probably would start there. I think secondly, when it comes to food, you know, remember we talked about the gut and the liver and some of these things being a primary issue for the, for the boss lady. So I would take out the inflammatory foods. I think they need to be both gluten-free and dairy-free, obviously low in sugar, which is across the board for everybody, but especially for the boss lady, removing these inflammatory foods because they're the highest risk power type for inflammation. So I would say that's a really strong rule. I, I really encourage all of them to do. I think when it comes to things that they can take going back to that concept of gut health and how critical it is. So getting on a good digestive enzyme, getting on probiotics. So the work of digestion can be a little bit easier so that they're not, you know, stress disrupts the microbiome so that they're balancing that out as they're taking on more and more. I think those are really critical things to do. And I think, again, they're a type as well, where because they're going and going constantly, they're depleting their body of key minerals and key nutrients. So things like B vitamins, the methylated B vitamin, even a little bit of iodine a few times a week, iron. These are things that the boss ladies I feel need. And honestly, when I do my lab work, I keep seeing these patterns over and over again. So that would be like my kind of mini treatment plan for them. And I think one other thing to remind all the boss ladies about out there, they're the ones who also like to do the two hour spin class and you know the 10Ks and oh, I'm gonna do a marathon next year, that's a goal. Well, all of that is fine in moderation, but remember extreme exercise when you already have extreme stress is stress, is stress to the body. It's more sort of gut disruption, it's more hormone disruption. So in that regimen of self-care and exercise, there does need to be you know some, some windows of like calming routines, right? So whether that's yoga or swimming or walking in nature or some of these things that calm the body down rather than everything being this adrenaline rush that's kind of trying to accomplish a goal. And I, let me give one more for the boss ladies. Yeah. Everyone told me that this has been a major, been a game changer for them that morning routine. So many of my patients will tell me that what's the first thing you do in the morning? Well, it's this, right? Like pick up the phone. Let me check all my emails. Let me check my text. You know, that is the worst thing you can do when you've already got a stressful day ahead of you. You really want to put this thing away, have 10 to 15 minutes to start your day in whatever fashion is going to center you and calm you down. So for some it's, you know, again, meditation for some, they write, you know, more than they like to meditate. Others like to pray, but whatever, 
whatever it is, there needs to be a centering morning ritual. That's really your chance to connect with your spirit before you get back out there and you're just pummeling the ground again. So that too, I think is super critical for all of those boss ladies out there. It's really good advice. And I know you and I can both speak to this because this is, (laughs) we're wired this way to be type A and go, go, go. I remember I had a very similar uh, experience. This is probably 15 years ago, right before I went into practice or about that time. And I I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to meditate. And I even went as far as going into the woods and sitting there. I lasted two minutes. I'm like, and I tried one time I lasted five minutes, another, maybe nine. And I just, and I, I remember talking to a pastor and he said, listen, he said, it doesn't have to be that. He said, he said, walk in nature and stop every minute or so. And you say what you're grateful for and you can read and just, so, so I started doing those things that started working and it's pretty much exactly what you're saying. And so I can tell from experience, this advice is fantastic. Spend that first part of your morning, just building peace. It's so good. You mentioned one other power type for women. I'd love for you to talk to that a little bit. I know obviously adrenals and reproductive organs are important. What are some things we can do there? Definitely. So those are the gypsy girls and you know, again, tongue in cheek description, but those are my creatives. I mean, they're, they're artists. And again, there's another power type that's a little bit of a blend between the two. But again, for a creative, for these people that are living up here in a different space, we need to get grounded back into the body. So they very much need sort of like a physically grounding ritual. So their morning ritual may be more of something that's physical. So actually doing the walk, actually doing yoga, doing something along those lines, But again, their biggest risk is their adrenals and their sleep cycle. So they also benefit from B vitamins, just like, you know, the boss lady does, but they also would benefit from things like ashwagandha, which is an Ayurvedic herb, you know, that it's not just Ayurvedic, it's in Chinese medicine too, but it's a, it's an herb that really helps to nourish the nourish cortisol, nourish adrenaline levels, help to balance sort of the fluctuations between the two. So that's one that I love to make sure that they have. I also like to, from a food standpoint, I really want them to pump up the protein because they are so susceptible to not eating on a schedule, having altered blood sugar levels that in turn creates more anxiety, more issues with focus and concentration. So I really want them eating every three to four hours, getting the protein in, getting healthy fats in, and sometimes they need to supplement fat. So they're the people that do better doing a little bit of coconut oil or ghee every single day because they need those healthy fats to nourish the adrenals and to keep their blood sugar levels stable. The other piece for them is sleep, right? They want to stay up. They want to, you know, stay up till one or two in the morning. And then of course, many of them can't sleep in. So correcting that sleep cycle, I think is also really important for my gypsy girls. So as creative as they are, you could do that a night or two out of the week, but the majority of your nights, you really do need to be in bed at least by 11, waking up by six or seven o'clock in the morning. And maybe taking some magnesium right before bedtime is one of my favorites. It's one of our biggest deficiencies. It's easy to find, it's cheap, all these other things, but taking a little bit of magnesium at night and seeing if that helps to calm you down or relax you. And if it doesn't, then moving on to some of the other herbal, you know, uh, therapies that we know work, things like holy basil, magnolia bark. Those are some of my favorites for, again, calming this nervous system down. And then they are also the group that benefits, I often feel like the most from acupuncture, right? Acupuncture is this way of rebalancing energy, balancing cortisol back out. I see an immediate improvement with them when they do things like acupuncture or even craniosacral therapy, any therapy that just forces them to calm down. Yeah, it's so good. Hey guys, a lot of people ask me what supplements I take regularly And one of the top three products I take every single day is SBO Probiotics from Ancient Nutrition. It's the whole food supplement brand I co-founded 
with Jordan Rubin. Now, I talk about my passion for SBOs, also known as soil-based organisms frequently. In general, SBO probiotics are so important because they are shelf-stable probiotics that are naturally resistant to the harsh environment of our upper digestive tract and our stomach. Now, Ancient Nutrition's SBO probiotics support a healthy digestive system and your immune system. Plus, we add superfoods and herbs for an extra boost. And by the way, that's key. The herbs with the probiotics together, that's the ancient way to create a healthy gut and digestive system. Check out Ancient Nutrition's SBO probiotics online or in store today. You know, I, I think I want to move on here and talk about men a little bit. Uh, yeah. You know, I think in my experience in working with a lot of men, um, I think there are several things that come up and I think you've probably seen a similar thing. One, and you know, if you've, and I know you do blood work and I know when I did blood work, low testosterone in men is, is so prevalent in the United States. I mean, it is, it, it is just sort of shocking to a degree. And so I'd love for you to talk about maybe that to start, like, what are some things that men can do? And, mm -hmm. and I know the emotions and work and that plays in, I know diet, I know movement, all these things matter, but talk to me, what, what is the advice you have and some of the recommendations for men? And what are some of the symptoms that, that, that can, uh, you know, uh, you know, tell somebody they have low testosterone? Yeah. I mean, I think low testosterone is just this crazy epidemic right now. I mean, I feel like I see it in younger and younger men, we know our fertility rates are going down, our sperm counts are going down. So it's a problem. I would say if I had to put my finger on the problem. It's a combination between the environment, right? Glyphosate and pesticides along yeah. with the incredible stress load. And even this Wi-Fi electromagnetic exposure that so many men have nowadays. Now yeah. men have power types. And I think that's important in this conversation. You know, I joked in the beginning, but I really want to do more with it. I always said my husband was, so one of the power types is the nurturer. I called it the earth mama. I'm like, my husband's the quintessential earth mama. Like it's all about everybody else all the time sacrifice your own identity, sacrifice, you know, all it's just their sacrificial lands, you know, and, and I see that in men all the time. So you'll meet these incredible family guys, they have these huge families, a lot of responsibility on them, and they completely neglect themselves, just mm. like the earth mamas in, in the, you know, in the power types for women. And then you also have the boss lady equivalent of men, they're just powering, like they'll never stop, they'll never make that doctor's appointment, they keep going. So you got these power types in men, but you know, when we're, when we want to generalize amongst all men, I feel like they're suffering from some of the same patterns, right? So food quality lends itself to more inflammation. Inflammation shows up in different ways. So, and maybe some of those, I call them the warriors and those warrior men that are just like pummeling through, you're probably one like pummeling through and trying to get things done. You know, it'll show up as inflammatory symptoms. So it may show up as joint pain or gut issues or skin rashes or those type of things. And somebody that's more of a nurturer, like my husband, guess where it hits? It hits the heart. So they end up having a lot of cardiometabolic issues and going down that path of having health conditions. Both groups have low testosterone. And I think that low testosterone is a combination, again, of incredible stress. And I've found, you know, even when I'm practicing, that until I balance the stress, the sleep, you know, the nervous system, I'm never able to get testosterone levels up. And until you balance the gut, you can't get testosterone levels back up. What happens instead is many men go, they get pellets, they get shots, they do all this other stuff, but then they have to go on estrogen blockers. They have to, 
do all this other stuff. And next thing you know, your liver enzymes are going up and there are all these other side effects that they're having. So I think for men, the stress is incredible. The environmental toxicity is really high. They're not as, at least we women will have a conversation about our health, right? We'll talk about it. I feel like with men, it's like, you've got to really, you know, pull and dig to make them talk about what's affecting them. And, you know, you've probably dealt with this in your practice, but I feel like men come in with a list from their wives or they come in with their wives or, you know, more recently I'm seeing younger men come in, you know, a little bit more educated and a little bit more aware of themselves. But I think we have to educate men that they have to start paying attention to their bodies, that they have to understand the signs and symptoms of stress early before it crashes their testosterone and they're turning into a different version of themselves. And the sooner they understand that and are able to put those pieces together, we're just going to make them more powerful, which they deserve as well. Yeah, I mean, one of the things you said here, I, I think is so key that I see is a different version of themselves. I think, you know, you see a lot of like, if you, if you have a, a male who over the course of a few year, years or sometimes more, but you notice they're not as motivated, like they're not, you know, they're not pursuing their significant other as much. They just have lost that passion for life, that, that vitality, that energy, I mean, that, that, that's a key warning sign right there, you know? Yeah. And then the belly, right? Like a lot of them start to develop the belly fat or fat up here, but it's like the lights go out. I don't know if you've seen that or not in some of the patients, but it's almost like, you know, like they were go-getters, right? They started four businesses, did all this stuff, you know, traveled all over the place. And all of a sudden it's just like the lights are out. So I think if you're a guy and you're feeling like that, and here's what bugs me, and I'm sure it bugs you as well too. Many people just assume, well, I'm just getting old. You know, this is just old age and getting older. This is the way it's got to be. It's so not true, you know? So I would say, don't ignore stuff. Don't have that shame and guilt that comes with, Hey, I'm feeling differently. I don't want to go tell anybody, you know, just tackle it head on, find someone to work with and understand kind of how to put the pieces back together. And I love when I see testosterone levels go back up because I didn't do testosterone. We worked on the gut. We worked on nutrition. We worked on exercise. We worked on sleep. And the testosterone levels came back to where they needed to be, you know? Absolutely. And I love that you're able to do that. And that's so rare. You know, I like, I have, you know, someone just, uh, you know, uh, uh, someone here in our uh, vicinity and, you know, I, and I was talking to him and just the other day and he's like, Hey, what do I do? You know, and you and I get these questions constantly. And, I, and, we, sure. and I, here's the thing, I embrace them and love them. Yeah. But he's like, Hey, I'm trying all this stuff, these shots for my testosterone and everything else. Is there anything natural I can do? I'm like, yes. And I'm like, by the way, let's talk about stress, but it's the thing they don't want, you know, it's the one thing, well, I just, is there a supplement? And it's kind of that pill thing, whether it's a medication or a supplement, Hey, what's the pill, the quick right. fix. And right. it's a lifestyle thing. It's so anyways, lifestyle. I'm, yeah. And you want to be in it for the long haul, not just for a, a quick fix. You know, so many men will joke. They'll be like, Oh my gosh, we have a black market. You just supply me some stuff. We've got a black market of, of men that want all this stuff. And I'm like, I get it, but it's not, serving them well. Right. So, you know, we want to make sure that they're, they're vibrant. Everything has consequences, right? Too much testosterone that's converting into estrogen has a consequence. There's a cardiometabolic piece to it. You know, there's, you know, there's an insulin story to it. There's an inflammatory story to it. So we just have to be careful. Yeah. So good. Um, one of the other things I, I did want to, and by the way, I want to just, uh, before we move on, I want to refer everybody to your website. I want to encourage you to visit Dr. Taz's website. It's doctor spelled out. So D-O-C-T-O-R-T-A-Z, drtaz.com. And she's got some incredible things here. She also has some programs and guides and some fantastic books. 
She has a book called Superwoman RX, where she gets into really diving into how to have lasting uh, metabolism, boosting your energy, balancing your hormones, having more passion and vitality in life, how to look and feel younger. That's in her new book, Superwoman RX. Also, she has a three-day belly fix, a hormone guide uh, on there as well. So you guys can check out those guides uh, on there as well. And also has some great quizzes and tests where you can find your power type. If you're a man, if you're a woman, um, also talks about moms and kids uh, a little bit. Let's talk about kids for just a minute. Yeah. What are some of the, and by the way, uh, tell everyone about, you know, whatever details you want, like, you know, you're a mom, you're taking care of a family. Talk to us about that for just a second, mm -hmm. sort of how <laughs> you, you keep balance. And by the way, let mm -hmm. me, let me just share that. This is, this is a little personal. Chelsea and I went through one of the most emotionally traumatic things, and this isn't the word, it's not terrible, but it was a little emotionally traumatic this morning. We did, are you familiar with ISR? It's a, yeah. so we did that today. And first off, our instructor is amazing. She's coming back for the next six weeks, but having our daughter Arwen say mama a thousand times for her first lesson while she tries to swim. I mean, I'm looking over at Chelsea and I'm just like, oh my gosh. And then anyways, so it yeah. was, uh, so all that being said, you're a mom. Talk to us a little bit about what are some of the habits and rhythms and things you do to keep your family healthy? And what are some of the other things that, you know, other moms and dads can do for their kids? Yeah, I think it's such a great question. I think nothing redefines you like motherhood or parenthood. And it certainly did for myself and for my, for my husband as well. I think that you know, both my children, they're 12 and 13 now, and they have both taught me so much. They've taught me so much from a medical standpoint, but they've also taught me so much emotionally. So the biggest challenge I think with being a big go-getter is as a mother, you have to really learn to can it sometimes, right? Because the people around you need you in a different way. They need you in a more nurturing way and in, in, a, in a very different way. So one of my biggest challenges as a mom was my go-getter mentality, list-making mentality doesn't work on my children, you know, at all. In fact, it turns them off and it pushes them away. So when it comes to taking care of our families, I would go to the emotional piece first. I think we are better parents when we're more emotionally balanced. I mean, I'll talk about food and all that other stuff in just a minute. But I think that part of my desire to help women and even men is that I came from a family where the two parents were not emotionally balanced. And I know exactly the implications that that had on all three of us as their children and sort of the insecurities or, or the things that we carried from that experience. So I think the biggest gift you can give, and this again is from Chinese medicine, is to understand you and to understand your triggers and your weaknesses emotionally. So again, as a, a boss lady, gypsy girl mix, what my triggers are gonna dance between anxiety and anger. And my responses are gonna be somewhere in the middle of those two things. The earlier that I identified that, the better I was able to be a good mother to my two kids who are very different and have different triggers and different ways of responding emotionally. So I think that's the first, like really be aware of who you are, be self-aware emotionally, have an emotional toolbox for yourself. I think that then you, you can show up as a very present parent because being present is probably the most important thing. I think secondly, as a mom, and every mom has different priorities, right? So for me, my priorities were very much 
what they're eating, right? The quality of their food, you know, what's going in them, because I knew that that's going to shape the way they're, you know, you've studied too much science and you can get in over your head, but I'm like, oh my gosh, we have to have our avocado. We're not going to have the right IQ and right brain development and all this other stuff. So when they were younger, it was very much about their food and the quality of their food and what was happening there. And then I think as they've gotten older, you know, it's been a lot more about understanding their own physical chemistry. So I came up with these different types of children, which are very much based on the five element theory of Chinese medicine, because I was struggling quite honestly, as a mom, I was in this place where, you know, I have this one child who was an internal worrier, would never voice any concerns, was always trying to please everybody. Great kid, still is a great kid. And I had this other child, a girl who was having hormonal changes and was just erupting every two seconds. And I was just struggling with you know, the angrier I got at this one, the more stressed out I made this one. And it was just this weird dynamic happening in our family that was very unpleasant to be a hundred percent. So I was like, what's happening here. And so it was really, again, my own struggle as a mom of two, you know, two kids going into their tweendom, trying to figure this out. And once I figured out that I had this warrior and I had this other kind of warrior and I had to treat them each differently, our entire sort of dynamic shifted and changed and has been so much more pleasant. So I don't respond out of anger to anybody. I don't show anybody my anxiety. I come into things in a more loving and kind of more nurturing way. And this made a really big difference. At the same time, as a mom, I think you've got to understand the issues that your children are having. And I think you don't dismiss them. Like, you know, my son has taught me so much about the gut, quite honestly, he was failure to thrive for a long time. He had fat malabsorption, that concept of fat malabsorption gets missed all the time in practice, but it's really the root of so many different learning issues and learning styles. My daughter, on the other hand, a lot of what I just described to you was a lot of neuroinflammation that she was having from her hormone imbalances that mimicked mine. She had PCOS as well, or has PCOS as well. So she was having these androgen spikes, super aggressive, super angry all the time, not able to calm herself down. And literally once we got her on the right path, I mean, she's like a different person. So being a mom, I, I don't even know if I'm answering your question, but I would say that it comes with great joy, right? But it also comes with great challenges. And it begins with understanding who you are what you value as a family or as a mom, and then making that like, and kind of seeing that come to life. So for me, it was food and education and their spiritual life. Those were the things that were the most critical for me. I wasn't a big sports mom, right. That we had to put everybody in like every activity by age three. I didn't do a whole lot of that. Cause that, not, that wasn't necessarily my value. These were the other values that I had. So it's just been a journey. It's been a journey and a challenge. But I think, again, when I think about pediatrics and just about kids health, we're missing a lot, you know, and I feel like the field needs to change. And I'm probably offending all my pediatric friends out there. But, but I feel like your routine well check is not covering the issues of today's child where they are suffering from neuroinflammation from leaky gut from toxicity, from all of these concepts that are then showing up in so many different ways. And we're just medicating that and not getting answers for kids. So, um, so I really feel like we need to do more in that space for sure. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I came across a fascinating study here recently. That's, that's to the point of what you're saying. And it was this, it was that the number and, and I, and, and there have been other, but this is a, it was a pretty large study and I'll have to share it with you, but it was, uh, they found the number one determining factor of disease. And this was a major medical university. I want to say it was Stanford. Mm -hmm. And they found the number one cause of medical illness today 
was uh, not having an emotional connection to your parents. Mm, Number so one true. cause. And they, and they also correlated and found the, actually, what actually even with a, went a little further than the mother was the father. And they found yeah. when, you, when, you, when they didn't have a connection to the father, uh, the risk of uh, basically there was a great lack of self-discipline mm -hmm. and what that also did to uh, you know, the increased likelihood of having um, uh, you know, criminal charges, all these different things. And with the mom, it was mental illness. If they didn't have mm -hmm. connection to their mom and have you know, that emotional understanding, how to connect. So anyways, but it was the number one cause more than diet, more than anything else was how emotionally you were connected to your parents. So anyways, what you're saying here is just so, so critical for parents to understand. This is one of the things why I was so excited to have you on today is for this very reason. It's this root cause medicine is when you're looking at somebody, you are creating custom protocols where you're looking at the definition of health, which is health and body, mind, and spirit. And looking at that mind, looking at that spirit, giving parents that advice. It's just, it's so important. It's critical and it's all connected, right? I wish someone had like, did anyone ever sit you down and educate you on all of this before you had children? Like, you know, that's, that's sort of the mission, right? Like I wish we yeah. could educate people, help them understand this. Like a lot of the bumps in the road along the way that I, I look at my journey, whether it was my health or then having the children. And, you know, I could tell you a million stories, even just about the delivery, the things I didn't know and all this other stuff. Like I just wish, you know, we would sit young people down, young parents down and just help them, like help them with like, Hey, this is kind of who you are. This is what you need. Be prepared, understand what you need. That way you will serve your family so much better. And I think, you know, I don't think our generation got that and hopefully the next generation will. Yeah, absolutely agree. I think there, I think there's more access to information. I do think there's some great information out there. I do think because we're in this world today, though, where nobody really sits and meditates on it or takes action with it. I think people learn a lot of things. They don't necessarily mm -hmm. always do the things. But I do think the thing I'm encouraged by is I'll say this is that when I first started practicing to a degree 15 years ago, people would say this is crazy. Like, like, you know, if you were yeah. recommending, if you were a doctor, a you were talking about nutrition. Yeah. yeah. If you were yeah. talking about nutrition, even if you were talking yeah. about this emotional and mental health and how that affects health, they'd be like, okay, that's not, that, that's not. And, and today yeah. over a 15 year period, we have come so far with people like oh, yourself right. who are now out there on the front lines talking about this, educating their patients. So I'm like, su I am super encouraged for, for that reason. I agree. And I mean, you're, you've been one of the leaders in that too. And I just think the more of us that come together and, you know, we can, we can create a shift. We can create a shift right. in the conversation for sure. And I think it only benefits everybody out there. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I want to encourage everybody. Hey, make sure to visit Dr. Uh, Dr. Taz's website. Again, it's spelled out Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R Taz, T-A-Z, drtaz.com. You can find a lot on there. Also, check out her book. It's called Superwoman Rx. If you're a woman listening, get this book for yourself and a friend. If you're a man listening, get the book, give it to a significant other, a friend you know that's a woman. Again, this is a great book. And the thing I love about what Dr. Taz does here in her books and in her guides online is she really combines that Western and Eastern medicine approach and really sort of the best of both worlds and giving you great practical advice so you can start to heal yourself and start to even educate yourself and giving advice to others, spreading the love in that way. So I encourage you, get her books, uh, check out her website and want to say, Dr. Taz, hey, thanks so much for being on today and sharing your wisdom, wisdom with us. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's so great to connect with you. 
All right. Thanks, everybody, again. Have a blessed week. I'll be back next week with another show. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Make sure to go to my recent Instagram post and let me know what your favorite part of the show was. Also, don't forget to follow me at Dr. Josh Axe there on Insta, where I cover the latest health trends, natural medicine, and so much more. Also, if you're loving this podcast, do me a big favor, head over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. Thanks so much for being on mission with me. See you next week. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed in this podcast are not medical advice and have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. In some cases, individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein.